Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Good afternoon and welcome to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio. It's all about the Hoff. Hoff Day, Joe Thomas. Mr. 10,363 is now number 369 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Joe Thomas, it became official last night during the NFL Honors Program that Joe Thomas would be inducted with the 2023 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it was awesome. It was emotional. It was long overdue, even though it couldn't have happened any faster. It felt overdue. That's why we've been calling him the Hoff for years. He is a Hoff now. First ballot joining Darrell Rivas as also a first ballot Hall of Famer from this class. Rounding out the five modern era players, you've got Rondé Barber, Zach Thomas, who is five-time first-team All-Pro linebacker, and Demarcus Ware. And then the seniors class, they last played more than 25 years ago. Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, Ken Riley, and Don Air Coriel made it as the coach contributor there. Just an incredible, incredible time. Here's what Dee and Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owners, had to say about Joe Thomas being named a first ballot Pro Football Hall of Famer. Quote, we're so proud Joe Thomas will be recognized appropriately as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Joe epitomized the standard of excellence in everything he did for the Cleveland Browns organization and our community. He was the essence of all you want in a player as a teammate representing the Browns organization. His extraordinary accomplishments and endurance playing 10 plus years without missing a single snap is unparalleled. And frankly, folks, I don't think that will ever be touched. How he went about his work each day was equally inspiring. The model of consistency, resiliency, and class beyond being one of the best in NFL history was just as exceptional off the field. Jonah's wife, Annie, have made an impact on so many people in Cleveland and have done so in a humble, unassuming way. He is just a tremendous human being. We are so happy that Joe will take his rightful place among our game's greatest in Canton. That is well said, Joe Thomas. Absolutely just an incredible guy, a special guy. I'm honored to call him a friend, and it's just it was an honor to get to watch him do what he did best out on the field, getting it done at left tackle. Here's what Joe had to say. The one theme that has probably been the thing I hold most closely to my heart when people ask about, what are you the most proud of during your career? It's that snap streak because of what it represents to me. Count on me. That was always the motto I had on my head. It was count on me. When times get tough, you know who to look to, count on me. When you know you can slide to my side, count on me. It was something that was ingrained in my brain, ingrained in my character from when I was a little boy. It's always been a part of my identity, and I think that's why that snap streak is the most special thing I think about when I think about my career. Joe Thomas, incredible, a great honor. And coming up in just about 10 minutes, about 12 minutes, at one fifteen, I was able to talk to Joe Thomas this morning. Uh, as he was out in Arizona getting ready for the Merlin Olson Hall of Fame lunch. And it, it's a it's a, an emotional interview. He will get emotional. We talk about last night, about how he found out. All of that's coming up 115. So you definitely do not want to miss that. And there's all kinds of great content right now on all of the Browns social media platforms. Obviously, if you're listening, uh, I'm uh, guessing you've got the Cleveland Browns app. If you go to the Browns app right now, there's so much great content. The video you get to see of Joe Thomas uh, receiving 
a video from his friends and his family and former teammates uh, about, you know, getting into the Hall of Fame, his reactions to that. Just uh, all the Joe Thomas content you want is right now on the Browns mobile app. And I got I pulled it up to try to tell you guys, but then I'm also playing on the Browns mobile app. All right. So I can't do that. There we go. I pause it. Good. But yeah, tons of stuff about Joe and, and tons of stuff to just digest and to celebrate. Really a tremendous Cleveland Brown and, and a better human. And that's what's, to me, that's the most in- incredible thing about him. Joe Thomas, the Hoff, first ballot, duh, winning. He's in. The bobble is out today. And that's how we're going to do it today. So Joe Thomas, he makes it in. I mentioned that it was at the NFL Honors that he was, that this list came out or that they announced the Hall of Famers for the very first time. Interesting show, I thought. Kelly Clarkson did a good job. Uh, she was the first woman to ever uh, host the show. They had some singing. I thought Kirk Cousins killed it. Uh, they had an unbelievably powerful segment on DeMar Hamlin that was really, if you didn't, if you want to see anything other than obviously Joe coming out, I would go back and I would watch that. I thought that was just a powerful, powerful video um, and, and a powerful moment to have DeMar Hamlin come out there. You even got the NFL choir over the, the people we had lost throughout the year, which was incredible to see. It was just a very, um, if you, you love the NFL, and it was a, a special night for the NFL and obviously a special night for the Cleveland Browns because of what that meant for Joe Thomas. So going to go through real quickly some of the awards from last night. The AP Most Valuable Player was Patrick Mahomes. I agreed with that. AP Coach of the Year, Brian Dable. It's funny. I would have thought Nick Sirianni would get it. He wasn't even a finalist. The finalists were Dable, um, Doug Peterson, and for some reason I can't remember the third. I would have gone with Sirianni or Doug Peterson. To take that Jags team to the playoffs after what it was a year ago I think is is unbelievable. Dable did a great job, though. Obviously, can't take anything away from him. AP Comeback Player of the Year, Geno Smith with the Seahawks. Uh, I like that. People were saying McCaffrey because he's coming back from the injury, but Geno Smith was kind of irrelevant in the National Football League and and had a great year as a starting quarterback. AP Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson. Yep. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. Yep. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I actually was surprised. I thought Brock Purdy might get it just on the strength of, you know, his eight games, but Garrett Wilson over a thousand yards as a rookie, pretty good for the Jets. And then the AP defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, also of the Jets. So they have the rookie of the year, both offensively and defensively. That is pretty impressive. Uh, the next gen stats moment of the year, Justin Jefferson's insane catch against the Bills. The Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year was Dak Prescott, and obviously so many deserving people up there, including our own Joel Batonio. Congrats to Zach. Uh, The FedEx Air and Ground Players of the Year were Joe Burrow and Josh Jacobs. And this is cool. They've got a new thing now. The rushing leader of the year is now going to be known as the Jim Brown Award. Lame for the Browns. Great. Jim Brown, who was in attendance last night. That was obviously Josh Jacobs. Um, And then you've got the Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award, which went to Nick Bosa, who won. So some of those were just, you know, the guys that won it um, just from the stats. But it's cool that there's an award now named after Jim Brown. I like that. Uh, and then you had the angry run of the year, which was a great segment with Kyle Brandt was Damian Pierce. Um, the celebration of the year was the Bengals roller coaster celebration in week 18 and the art Rooney sportsmanship award, Clay's Campbell assistant coach of the year, Demeco Ryans, who's now the head coach of the Houston Texans got that for his work as a defensive coordinator of the 49ers. So uh, it, it was a fun night. I watched 
a good portion of it. I did not watch all of it. I was obviously waiting most importantly to see the hop get in there, but it's just so cool. I mean, to have, you know, there aren't that many first ballot Hall of Famers when you think about it. There were two in this class that's special. But even a guy like Demarcus Ware, who got in this year, wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Even Zach Thomas and his five all, you know, first team all pros wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's a special thing. There have only been seven tackles in NFL history to be first ballot, and the Hoff is now one of them. And I think you look at some of the things he did, that streak, obviously, everybody was talking about that. You know, 10 straight Pro Bowls to open up his career. That's something that only five people can claim. All of them Hall of Fames. Merlin Olson, for whom the Hall of Fame Brunchen is named. Joe Thomas, Mel Renfro, Barry Sanders, Lawrence Taylor. I mean, that's just, that's wild. And then you look at the, the seven tackles who are first ballot. Jackie Slater, seven Pro Bowls, four first team, four all pros, zero first team. So, Hoff's got a little bit of a better resume than him. Jim Parker, eight Pro Bowls, 10 All-Pros, nine first-team, 1950s All-Decades team. That stacks up. The Hoff, 10 Pro Bowls, eight All-Pros, six first-team. He was on the 2010 All-Decade team. Forrest Gregg, nine Pro Bowls, nine All-Pros, seven first-team. So they're right on the same uh, area there, and he played from 56 to 71. So you think about modern-era guys. You got Walter Jones, who was the man who knocked at the Hoff's door, and they shared uh, some champagne together. Nine Pro Bowls, six All-Pros, four first team. So the half resume there. The guy that might be at the top of this is obviously Anthony Munoz. 11 Pro Bowls, 11 All-Pros, nine first team. Uh, so that's, that's the most decorated that there is. And then Jonathan Ogden, nine All-Pros, four first team, 11 Pro Bowls. So the half, I mean, the only person with a better resume than the half is Anthony Munoz. That's it. That's the end of the list. And then Jim Parker is similar in terms of the Pro Bowls and all pros. That's it, guys. That's how good the Hoff is. That's how good he is. He is one of the very best to ever play the game. Just a a stunning career, stunning accomplishment, and really, honestly, a, a stunning human being. So kudos to him. I'm pumped to hear from him. And coming up on the show today, because obviously it's about the Hoff, I'd like, I'd like, if you guys can do this, we're going to do the mailbag at the bottom of this hour, 1.30, or maybe a little bit, at, you know, 1.30, and we'll take it to the top of the hour after we hear some stuff from Joe Thomas last night. Uh, tweet your questions, at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. We'll do a mailbag. You can ask me anything you want, but I, I want some Hoff stuff mixed in there as well, but ask me anything you want. We'll have a great time with that. Um, coming up next is our exclusive one-on-one with the Browns legend, the newest member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Joe Thomas. 2 o'clock, Jim Donovan, the voice of the Browns. Uh, my broadcast partner will join the show talking about Joe Thomas and, and his legacy. Uh, and then we go a little special teams review with Anthony Poizel in studio. We'll, talk, we'll go through that quickly and talk a little about the Hoff as well. Uh, and then we're going to get to the scores. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about some of the over-unders, the Super Bowl score, get it done right there, wrapping it up here. The final edition of the scores, sad to say, for the 2022 season, which is now into the year 2023. Some Browns news. It's a little close to home for me. The Chargers are hiring Jeff Howard to coach their linebackers. Uh, this is from ESPN's Jake Trotter. Chargers hiring Jeff Howard to coach linebackers per sources. Former Browns defensive back assistant also had an offer from Carolina. End quote. 
I can say, yes, Jeff Howard is going to the Chargers coach linebackers. He has been wooed by Brandon Staley uh, and had permission from the Browns to seek an interview there. He got it, got the job, was weighing his options, and uh, has chosen to go to the Chargers. And I got to tell you, you guys know this. I love Jeff Howard. Jeff Howard is my dude. Uh, I can tell you that it's official. It's not just per sources because my source is Jeff Howard. Um, and he's a, he's a great guy. I wish him well. And there'll be a part of me that's rooting certainly for, for his guys in that room and, and the Chargers now. Because uh, that's what – in this business, what's cool about it and what's also hard about it is that you come across a lot of people and you build friendships with them. And it's a very transient business. And I have friends now – through my time working here, you know, this coming up is going to be my 11th season with the Browns, which is wild when I say it out loud. But uh, I've met great friends that I still stay in touch with around the league. I mean, my first year, Norv Turner was the offensive coordinator. My second year, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator here. You know, Kevin O'Connell had been through here. Quasi has been through here. Pet, of course, was the head coach here. There's just so many people, Freddie, uh, that you meet in your times here that go around the league and, and go on to do other things. All the guys off of that Kyle tree, Mike McDaniel was, was here with us. Uh, Mike LaFleur was here with us in that 2014 season. So many people that go around to do great things in the league. Steve Wilkes, uh, another guy who's now going to be the defense coordinator of the Niners. I think it's a great hire by Kyle there. Um, but that's the hard part of the business. You, you, you get attached to people. You become friends with them both in the building and outside of the building and, and they move on. But, Happy for Jeff Howard, uh, Landon in L.A., and uh, definitely, definitely pumped for him. Great guy, great coach. Uh, he will be missed, certainly by me and I think by uh, everybody in this building. All right, when we come back, it is time for our exclusive one-on-one -on -one with the Hoff himself, Joe Thomas. You're not going to want to miss this. It's a ton of fun. We're back with more Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. And oh my goodness, folks, <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for. The main event early in the show. We are joined by number 369, number 73, the Hop. Joe Thomas. Hop. What a night. What a oh. moment. Incredible. Yeah great maroon suit you look fantastic oh. what's it like dude it's official the hop we had our crystal ball out we said he's gonna be a hop this is in a question and now you are first ballot hall of famer joe thomas congrats man so happy for you so deserving couldn't oh, be man. just all the good feels oh the feels are over the moon right now i'm feeling so many things including a touch hungover after about three <laughs> hours of sleep last the celebration night. the celebration is ongoing which is so exciting it is just the front end of many months of celebration because it's been a lifetime uh, of dedication and hard work to the craft of football. I'm just so overjoyed to be able to be here in Arizona to be officially named a Hall of Famer and then to be able to come home for that home game in Canton, Ohio this summer and celebrate with all the Browns fans. Let's go. Canton is going to be absolutely rocking. All right, let's go back a little bit because the world found out last night you knew yeah. a little bit before that. That's what right. was that moment like? And I know you will share with me just some special stuff with your son, kind of being yeah. the one to tell you. What was that yeah. like? Take everybody through it. It was incredible. Um, I felt going into it that my resume was pretty strong. So yeah. I wasn't sweating it out. Like I, I knew that 
it was going to be tough to keep me out. And so if they would have sat me down and said, hey, you got to be at your house this day or you got to be in the hotel room this day, I feel like I wouldn't have been overly surprised. However, the way they did it was so cool because they told my wife and then they did it like almost two weeks before the official announcement. And my wife did a great job of setting it up. She uh, did a great job keeping the secret. And she told me that we were going to go out to dinner with the neighbors, have some drinks. It was a Friday night. Kids got home from school, but we had to have like a chat with the kids first. And so I thought for sure, like, all right, mommy's bringing the strong arm in to go like yell at the kids. Good cop time for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Good cop, bad cop. They did something bad at school. And uh, so she's like, all right, four o'clock. We need to, we need to be out the door at four or five. So like, we got to get into the kitchen at four. And I'm like, all right, no problem. Like our house is run very militaristically because we got four kids and it's always yeah. crazy. We got so much going on. So you got to be like by the second, it's like the man genie, like every minute is planned <laughs> out. And uh, so I'm like, okay, cool. So I I'm not ready. Cause I had worked out that afternoon. So I'm just like in my workout gear and my really my underwear, but I, I, I went in, I went into the, I went into the, uh, the kitchen and we're just hanging out and I'm thinking we're just going to talk to the kids. And, you know, maybe dad in his underwear is more intimidating. And yeah, sure. Like, get dressed. She's like, you got to get dressed. I'm like, it's only going to take five minutes. I'm a guy. Like, I got no hair. I got nothing to do except put pants and a shirt on. I'll sure. be fine. And she's like, just please get dressed. Like, just do it right now. Like, and, and she was being real insistent about it. I'm like, just lay off, lady. But, hey, I'm a good husband. I know that when uh, the queen says something, she's got the final Smart. say. So I'm like, all right, Smart. whatever. I'll go upstairs. So I go upstairs to get ready. And I come down. And uh, we got like a little wet bar right next to our kitchen. And so she starts talking and, you know, it's nothing important yet. So I, I walk around the corner, I'm going to pour myself a drink in the honor of, uh, you know, the great Bo Bishop. I'm going to pour myself a little bourbon. Yeah. And I walk over there and I, I open the cabinet. I'm going to pour a bourbon. Uh, I think it was a high noon. And she goes, no, no, you need to be here. And I go, I can hear you. And she's like, no, you need to be in the room. And I'm like, what is going on with this lady? So, I so did your suspicion ever get up that it could be no, this, or you're just like, nothing. she's just on one right now, and I'm just gonna she's fine, whatever. Yeah, she's on. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. whatever. It's no big deal. Like, we're gonna go out with our friends in a minute. I'll be crushing light beers at <laughs> at uh, the dinner, yeah. like in, in ten minutes anyway. No big deal. So I'm I walk around the corner. I'm just kind of sitting there, like leaning up against the counter, and she's talking. And within, I'm telling you, like two minutes, we just hear like the loudest, like. And I thought that the neighbor kids had come over because the kids had just got back from school. So I thought they came over and were like kicking at the front door, like trying to get our kids to come out and play, which happens yeah. all the time. We've got a great neighborhood that's got a bunch of young families. Like our kids' best friends live next door. They got four kids, awesome. same age, across the street, three kids, same age. So they're always just like ping-ponging around the neighborhood. And so the kids are excited because they think their friends are coming over because they don't know either. So okay. they run to the front door. And as soon as they get to the front door, I hear him like start screaming and then come running back around the corner, back into the kitchen. And my son starts yelling. He's like, there's a guy in a big coat. And the first thing that I thought, because there was like a, a door-to-door salesman, like like pest control the, the, the day before. And there, you know, if you're on like the neighborhood chat, like 
all the little house merms, they're always like texting each other, like, watch out. There's like a door to door salesman coming, you know, like, or, you know, they like send all like the little messages about who's like just wandering around the neighborhood. There's a, there's a really suspicious looking gray car, you know, like something. I want, like I want a reality show on your neighborhood, by the way, after hearing all this. <laughs> this is great. And so the first thing I think is like, all right, I got to go like shoo a dude off. Like when we were living in Westlake, it was so weird. They had this meat guy that would come around like a couple of times a year. He would be selling meat out of like his refrigerated van. It was so <laughs> weird. And so, of course, as dad, you'd have to go to the front. <laughs> yeah, door that's like, your duty. Because yeah. they, were, they were like super persistent. So I'm like, all right, the meat man's back from Westlake, Ohio. <laughs> I got to go kick him out. And then like within like, a split second it felt like it was a lifetime but a split second he goes not dad dad we made it we made it and he's like popping up and down and i'm i'm thinking what what is this kid talking about because i know that if they're going to make the hall of fame announcement it has to come close to honors night because they don't want to tell us too far in advance they want to make sure that they tell us pretty close to like when the announcement is and and then i think maybe like in another like two seconds then i realized like oh my gosh this is it and i walk around the corner and sure enough big walter jones he's standing there he's got his gold jacket on and i open the door and he just says welcome home and i'm just like oh my gosh he gives me a huge hug i just like start crying he's got like 15 people there with him it was just such an emotional special moment because you know, some of the, the greatest memories in your life, like you can't even draw it up if you had an opportunity. And for me, going into the Hall of Fame and getting that announcement, like I knew it was coming, but the fact that they caught me off guard and then my son was the one to be able to tell me about it, it was just so special because I just don't like how much they've meant to me and like my life and even the end of my career, like how motivating they were when I was going through like the tougher times mentally and physically and to have that was just so special because my son has no memory of me playing football which means the browns need to make the super bowl next year so i can go and play in my one game yes and they can have one memory of me playing one play with an orange helmet will you be the first hall of famer to actually put that pad back on and play <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. How sweet would that be i'm gonna have to hit the gym this morning if that's gonna happen i'm not sure if i'm in shape to hit the gym without hurting myself <laughs> I just want to go back to it and you got emotional. I got emotional on this side and you and I have, have talked about this, but to have your son and, and you were kind enough to share the video with me that Annie took to have your son come around the corner and just kind of screaming and jumping. We made it like that's you. That's the thing. Like you can't script that there isn't, there is no scenario you could have ever come up with that would have been as awesome as the reality of that moment. And you'll never forget it. And someday when he's older, you guys will be able to watch that together. And it's just like everything that you put into this, everything that you sacrificed and you do playing in the national football league is a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice things outside of the game of football just to be on a roster, let alone to be as great as you were. And, and we'll talk about your process in a second, but to have that, like, dude, that's what it's all about. Like, that's life. That is a moment in your life that when the time comes and you get the highlight reel of your time here on this planet, like that is going to be one of the big moments and and just so cool. And he I had no idea. It was just so pure. That's what's so great. about. Yeah. That's what's great about kids, man. It's so yeah. pure, unadulterated. Pure. And like you said, you know, sometimes you think back, what are those rocking chair moments? Like when you're sitting in a rocking chair and you're 80 years old and you're in the nursing home 
you got no teeth and they're they're feeding you uh insurers bourbon through, through a tube <laughs> yeah like what are what are the five or ten things in your life that you're going to remember because certainly your memory is not going to be like a rolodex of a million things and that's going to be one of those five things so special so special all right so talk a little bit about last night so the announcement comes you guys are on stage of course as we said you guys knew then is there like the Hall of Fame guys get together and we're part of you and Demarcus Ware and, and, yeah. and Revis. Like, what's what happened? Yeah. Walk us through last night. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I, I think the, the the bigger parties potentially are going to happen the rest of the weekend. Um, but because honors goes pretty late, like nine ten o'clock Quite at late. night. Yeah, yeah, pretty late. Like too late. I'm like, guys, too late. Yeah, we, we got some things to do here. Um, and then after honors, we had to do a press conference. So we did like ninety minutes of press last night. Um, as a group so I didn't even get out of there till almost 11 and and at that point like it was kind of crazy but Scottsdale was kind of slowing down a little bit Um, and so just me and the wife we went to Old Town Scottsdale we went to this B&B lounge which is a great spot but it it was like I know like closing time you know what I mean yeah so we uh we we did damage as much as we could as quick as we could I needed to get some food because I was literally gonna eat my arm uh, so we got some food, we got some champagne. Um, we, we celebrated the same way we did when Walter Jones is there with the cheap bottle of Corbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of the story. I'm, I was going to get to that. So Walter Jones comes in, you guys want to have a celebratory moment. And I know you had a bunch of great wine in your house. We, we've yeah. talked about that, but yeah. you want to go with some champagne and you had a bottle of Corbell, you and Walter Jones drinking Corbell yeah. to celebrate yeah. you getting the Hall of Fame is all time. Yeah, literally the cheapest bottle of champagne you can buy. That's that's all we had because we're not really like we're not. I mean, who has champagne just laying around their house? Not me. Not me. <laughs> Certainly not me. So it, it was cool. Yeah, last night we just had had some champagne, ordered a bunch of beers and some sushi, and smashed it. And then it was really cool actually because Alex Mack was just randomly close by. Nice. So he called, and so he met us over there. And then um, Colt McCoy, he lives down the street, and so we ended up just coming back to uh, our little Airbnb here and having cigars. Cause I, I brought some cigars and, and drinking beers until way too late. <laughs> Enjoying the desert evening here. That's so awesome. Has there been anybody that, you know, maybe a surprise and somebody that you ran into with all the NFL world gather there that, you know, you never really knew how they felt about you, but they came up and showed some like respect or anything like that. Yeah, it was really cool. Just seeing Anthony Munoz, um, on the stage and having yeah. him like welcome to the club was awesome. Right. Because he's one of those guys that everyone always says is like, Hey, who is the best offensive lineman of all time? You know, he's in that conversation. That yeah. was really cool. Cause I've known him for quite a while and he actually came to training camp uh, with the Browns a little bit and kind of did like a little bit of coaching um, towards the end of my career. So I, I've gotten to know him, but I think it's just different. Like once you get into that club, right. It's just such a, it, exclusive club and to be welcomed by him on stage like that is really awesome that is cool and listen there's the exclusive club which is just getting in the hall of fame then there's first ballot which is the exclusive club and you are (laughs) you are in both of those so that's cool so you're hanging out with your boys obviously you went out with your wife you said what was it like to have some of your teammates there to be able to share that moment with and kind of just sit around and i'm sure you guys were reminiscing and and having a like to be a fly on the wall right i'm sure it was a great time it was really cool. Um, I knew that this last night with the uh, announcement was going to be super late and super busy. So we didn't like try to plan anything crazy because 
it's it's you top not, yeah yeah it's not like we're in vegas or miami where it goes all <laughs> night and like today i've got stuff going on like the sun is just coming up right now <laughs> in uh in phoenix at 7 a.m and so i knew like okay obviously this is a big day today too we've got the merlin olsen hall of fame luncheon and then you That's know awesome. there's just tons of stuff uh so we didn't like really plan anything but all of a sudden to have alex mack who's my best friend from the league who was part of so many of those memories and stories during my career to just like randomly be close by and be like hey i'm hungry for some sushi and a couple beers that <laughs> yeah. was just like the icing on the cake i think with first of all being surprised by the announcement having my son tell me and then just having alex mack like walk through the door like it's cheers <laughs> it's pretty cool. hey! hey so did you and joel batonio consult on that you're both going maroon here on stage there oh <laughs> uh, that that is funny um demarcus ware was in maroon with a black uh, lapel he, and he, that's a that's a good looking man why i i yeah. got uh, i got to do a serious xm show with him after and the host was like oh you guys look the same i'm like no nah, man this dude <laughs> well, man i would never put myself on that level i'm just the opposite <laughs> lineman pretending to try to have a nice suit and uh he was looking sharp but I think O lineman, we look good in maroon. So yeah, it's a good color. We yeah, consult, but we knew that that was like right. You you know you don't want to just come out in like brown and orange. Like that's just a little too much in your face. But yeah, you just that subtle hint. Like all right, Browns, I got your back, baby. Absolutely. All right, two last questions. We'll get you out of here because I know you're busy. First one: What was going through your mind when you walked on stage? When you were walking out in front of? Yeah. Because the crowd was full of. NFL luminaries, Hall of Famers, current stars, and you were the first, and this was your first presentation where the world was now going to know what what you've known for a little while. Yeah, honestly, when I was walking out there, I was thinking, all right, who can I find in the crowd that I know? So I saw some of the Browns contingent. I saw JW and Whitney and PJB and Jenkins, Um, and then that was cool. So they stood up, and I was giving them the fist. And then I was looking for the family. Like, I was like, where's the kids? Because I was sure that that was going to be a circus and like something (laughs) crazy was going to be happening. Uh, And unfortunately, the way the theater was, it was kind of dark in the audience. So you couldn't really see what the lights are back there. Yeah. But I, so I kind of quickly scanned the audience and you just, like you said, it's just all NFL luminaries, like current guys that are up for awards and then former players. um, And it's special. And then I, I also was cognizant of like, all right take this moment in, take the snapshot and try to remember this as much as you can see everybody's reaction when they came out. Cause I wanted to see all the other guys in my class. Yeah. See how it, they would show it on their face. And Zach Thomas was the one that really, you could see when they announced no him, showed the most emotion on his face. And I got a chance to talk with him a little bit, brother Zach, because I told him, hey, man, I, I've been telling my kids that they're going to meet their cousins this week because he's got some kids that are kind of close in age. Some more topics in the Hall of Fame. But I told him, I go, dude, I'm so happy that you're in my class because for like three or four years, I forget how many times he was a finalist. I'm like, every time people would ask, Zach Thomas should be in this class. It's no brainer. Yeah, Look at five first-team All-Pros? Yeah, absolutely. And the tackles and like what he meant, yeah. and the story and the number of years in, in the NFL. And for him to wait, but then being in my class, you could tell the waiting, I think it builds on you in a good, but all, also a little bit of a bad way. But once that releases, like a pressure release, you can see it on his face. And so that was really special. That's awesome. I know you did a, a brief video to the fans, but kind of what 
if there's anything else you'd like to say just to the fans or to Cleveland or to, you know, just your former, t- anybody who's listened, because you know, everybody's going to be listening to this. And we get a chance to talk to you and it's fun because it, it's, yeah. it's perfect to have you on, on Browns daily after this, because it's like it's home for you and you're comfortable on the show. But is there anything, yeah. you know, that it may be a memory, a certain memory that flashed through your mind that you wanted to bring up just something for, for the fans to kind of to soak in here at the end of this, because you've seen the outpouring of, of love and adulation yeah. and, and all of those things on social media and really just everywhere in Cleveland, you can feel it. Yeah. I, I think that as I was sitting up on stage, standing up there, it was almost an out of body experience because it felt like I was a Browns fan experiencing a nameless, faceless Browns player that had only played his career as a Brown. And I was like so proud in that moment of everything that I'd done in my career and the fact that I was able to share it with Browns fans in that moment and like simultaneously be in two places, like be the body on the stage, but also be the fans in Cleveland with so much pride in one of our players. And it was, it was really awesome. And I can't wait to, get to Canton this summer and celebrate in person with all those Browns. It's going to be bonkers. <laughs> CBD on yes. location. Give a, Let's make it go. happen. Let's go. Let's well, Hoff, congratulations. Love you, man. I'm so happy for you. So deserving and just awesome. Enjoy it, man. You're in paradise. That's Maybe right, the baby. future home of the Hoff. He's going to be in Canton. He's going to be in paradise Valley. Who knows? Wisconsin. Who knows, baby? But congrats, dude. Awesome. And thanks for giving us some of your time today. Thanks, Z. I love you too, buddy. I appreciate everything you've done for me in my uh, career, especially in the media world, helping me out. And uh, it's an honor being on with you this morning, even with a little hangover. <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I'm lucky enough to say I've seen that look on your face before, Joe Thomas, and it meant a great time was had the night Thanks. before. Congrats, brother. Thanks, man. All right, we'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet. But just being honest, it's not going to be as good as what's already happened on the program. So maybe go enjoy your Friday. If not, we'll be back with more. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Big Joe, congrats. What an awesome honor, the Hall of Fame. From the moment I got to Cleveland, you welcomed me like you had welcomed so many other quarterbacks, and it's an honor to have played with you. My favorite memory is down the long stretch of one of those tough seasons, you had an opportunity to be traded, and you could go to a better team, and you chose against it because you wanted to stick it out and see it through. And I just remember in that moment thinking, man, what, a, what an awesome leader you are and what great character you showed. And that's, that's what makes you a Hall of Famer to me. And so to yourself, to Andy, and to the kids, congratulations from us. We're so proud of you. We love you. Way to go, Joe. That McCown there, former Cleveland Browns quarterback with some well wishes for Joe Thomas. And and you can go right now. I'm going to tweet the leak out right now. But there's an awesome video, 15 and a half minutes, which is incredible, of friends and family who want to share their congratulations with Joe Thomas. A good long video of all that. I'll tweet it out right now. It's just awesome. The guy is, he's without compare. He's He's incredible. We're going to get to the mailbag, and I know you guys got Joe Thomas questions, so we'll use the hashtag AskCBD for that. But real quickly, we got some sound. And I also want to let you know, if you want to be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL, join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to cleanbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. All right, we're going to start a little sound here, and then we'll get to the mailbag. This is the official Hall of Fame announcement from Rich Eisen and Tim Brown. 
the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This indomitable left tackle made 10 straight Pro Bowls and played in more than 10,000 straight snaps. Joe Thomas. All right, then now Joe Thomas afterwards was interviewed talking about his journey to the Hall of Fame. At what point he realized that the Hall of Fame was a possibility. I don't think any of us when we were rookies said in our mind, like, my goal right now is the Hall of Fame. Now, I may have said it, but I don't think that's what was in our sights because you get to the Hall of Fame by having a good day today. And then tomorrow, just trying to get 1% better. And then you build a process of, I just want to be a little bit better than I was the day before. And then pretty soon you wake up and, oh, I made the Pro Bowl. That's awesome. Like, now my sights get a little bit higher. And then you just keep working things one day at a time. And a lot of times it's those people around you that are the ones that are motivating you because it's easy if you're just doing it for yourself to get in the doldrums, especially if you're losing like uh, we seem to do a little bit in Cleveland. But you got guys around you that you know they're, they're counting on you. And so then they're the ones, they're the brothers that kind of pull you through some of those dark, tough times. And in the end, you look back and you're like, wow, there was a lot of things that happened over my 11 years in the NFL. Not always good, but the journey tells the story of my career, and I wouldn't change anything. I mean, I just love this guy. And he got emotional. He got emotional in our interview earlier. It's just awesome. He's such a good guy. Like, he was the greatest football player, maybe the greatest left tackle of all time. He's certainly in the game. If they were to play a game of all-time greats, he's one of the left tackles. And if he's not starting, he's a top backup. But he is in that game. He is on the roster of the greatest football game that could ever be played. And he's a better human being. He's a better guy. It's unbelievable. Uh, Thomas, finally, talking about being a Cleveland Brown and the loyalty of the Browns fan base. I think as a Cleveland Brown, being the first Brown inducted since the team came back, it's really special for me because that franchise has endured some really tough times but those fans are so loyal and passionate and they still show up and it still is their identity that they're Browns fans. And I think it's, it's great for all of Browns nation to have me being inducted this season, like DeMarcus was just talking about, a vessel for their fandom right here. Somebody that was able to show up every single Sunday and play for those fans to give my best effort because I know they were paying to come and watch me work and I don't pay to watch anybody work. I, I wouldn't go, doesn't matter what you're doing, I'm not paying. But the loyalty and that passion, I think, is what kind of brings you through some of those challenging times. All right, that's the half right there. Awesome stuff. And you guys are tweeting out, and I'm glad you guys really liked the um, really liked that interview. Jay said, I had tears in my eyes when he talked about Joe's son saying we made it as a father. It hit me directly in the heart. Awesome. So congrats off for everything, especially the pillow recommendation, which is that weird shaped pillow. I got one. Change your life. Let your net kind of extend out there. I don't even know how it works. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yes, this interview, by the way, Mitch, yes, it will be on the app later. Uh, yeah, everywhere and every podcast. Yep. On the app and the podcasts. Yep. So we got that. All right, Connor, mailbag time presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. What do people have for us using the hashtag AskCBD? Lots of Hoff stuff today. Lots of Hoff questions for us today. Good. This one comes in from Robert. Who would be the absolute best to be the one to introduce the Hoff into the in, in the induction ceremony in August? Boy, that is such a good question. 
It's such a good question. And I don't know that I have the answer to that, to be honest with you. It has to be somebody that, that Joe would like. So, honestly, the first name that came to my mind, believe it or not, is The Rock. Because The Rock and Joe Thomas became good friends when he was doing the that show where he was on NBC. I'll look it up right now. Uh, but they became good friends, and, and he's somebody who really not only admired Joe Thomas, appreciated his greatness, and also he played football, you know, in his day at the U. Um, so that's something that comes to my mind. I think Alex Mack could certainly do it. I think Mitchell Schwartz could do it. Uh, I think it was called the Titan Games, and, and the Hop dominated it. And then the Rock, like, the Rock loves him. The Rock loves the Hop. So... That would be maybe uh, maybe him, but anybody, any one of his offensive linemen, uh, any of, you know. I think The Rock would be great, though. I might float I might, I might float that out to the half himself. Be like, maybe we reach out, reach out to the great one to have him inducted. Why not? Get some star. That'd he deserves star power. That'd be a flashy way to get inducted, for sure. Huh? That'd be a flashy way to get inducted. For yeah, sure it would. Hall and there's no better way for the great Joe Thomas. Right, than the great one. I mean, look. He's not a flashy guy, but it would actually be pretty funny if if that's the way that it happened. Um, but yeah, the the Rock really impressed was really impressed by the Hoff on uh, the Titan game. So maybe uh, maybe we'll see. Maybe that's a possibility. I don't know, but any one of his former teammates. I mean, anybody, or you could even go the opposite way, right? You could have a pass rusher who's in the Hall of Fame already induct him saying about how tough it was to go against Joe Thomas and how good he was because that obviously would have tons of credibility. So uh, I'm not sure. So we'll see. We'll see. It's a good question, though. This next one comes in from Rally in the North. Congrats to the Hoff. Yes. Thinking back, what do you think was the kindest action Joe Thomas ever took during his tenure with the Browns on or off the field? I think there are so many things that he does, but I would remember in training camp watching him, you know, sign autographs for everybody and just be gracious with everybody when he was by far the best player. He never, you know, folks, he was, could have gone and played on the Denver Broncos. He'd be living in Denver somewhere in a beautiful house. He would have won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and he wanted to stay in Cleveland. He wanted to see it through that loyalty that you can count on him, that dependability. To me, that is... Talk about kind. That is the most selfless thing I could even think of for him. But he was just always great with the fans, uh, great with the media. You know, he was always winning the Good Guy Award. Tremendous in the community. You know, he and Annie would be with the taste uh, of the Browns, and and he's so involved in so many different charities. And he just has made he and his wife Annie are just great people. Um, so uh, there's so many. It, it, his whole legacy is what I would say is the fact, you know, he's so big with the USO. He, he just gives back. He is such a great guy off of the field, and he doesn't do it for the limelight. He's not looking for, you know, the limelight to come and, and to be basically, you know, look at all the things I do. He does a lot of it without any need to do it because he wants to. And he wants to be a part of it. And he does more than I think people really understand. He and Annie both. And that's that tells you everything you need to know. He, he's, he is happy to be charitable at all times. Some people, you know, sometimes people are charitable for the cameras or for, you know, what it means for them. He, he does it in, in the dark. And I think that's what really stands out about Joe. 
All right, last one here from AK Man 42. You talked about hitting the gym with the Hoff. I'm big about the gym too. What's some impressive stuff that you've seen the Hoff do in the gym? <laughs> Everything. He just makes weight look like it's fake. He throws around. We were benching, and like I'm really pumped when I can do about 60% of the Hoff. So like if the Hoff is, you know, doing we'll call it 300 pounds, I want to be at like 180. Right? That's kind of the ratio. Now, there's some things where I'm a little bit closer to like 70% of him. Um, but we were benching, and I was doing 205, It was, which was for me is very heavy. Uh, and he was doing 315. So that's 345s on each side. And like, it looked like it was nothing. Like, that would crush me. That would come right down on my chest and absolutely crush me. And he's like, oh, I'm not even that strong at this. Just the way that he'll like, you know, even hits the um, like a like a snatch or a power clean. His legs are so strong. Every he's just strong as an ox, and it just makes everything look easy in the gym. And he gets after it. Like he is, we get after it when we're in there. There's a lot of things we do. Our imams, which is every minute on the minute, and you got that buzzer going, and you may have to do two different things. It could be, you know, uh, a hang clean and press and then eight of those and then you got to hit eight bent over rows and then ding it's, you might not even get a chance to rest but it is like everything he does is impressive that's what's nuts about him it's he's obviously a hashtag athlete he's a hall of famer but he's still out there grinding today you see a lot of people once they retire and they go to the hall of fame and you can even see some of the people on the stage last night not the best they're not they don't look like they could play or they're certainly not in the best shape that they've ever been in he absolutely is He's a, he's a beast. Whatever he's into, he is into. Whether that's coffee, working out, food, wine at times. Obviously, the way that he approached being, you know, the best left tackle in the history of the game, or arguably, certainly he's in the conversation with Anthony Munoz, right? That, that's because he is, he's he's just without parallel in terms of natural gifts and then the dedication but like in the gym like 315 to me is a lot or watching him squat and he's just like keeps putting 45s on you're like what are you doing that would just crush me into the ground it just makes everything look so easy he's like oh yeah i'm not that good at this <laughs> he's a he's a beast just a great human I, I could be happier we should do it like we should have half shows all the time he, he's worthy of that all right hour number two when we come back to sing his praise is the voice of the Cleveland Browns. Jim Donovan will join us at 2 o'clock. Then Anthony Poizel in studio will join us to talk a little bit about the specialists. Take a look at that in our final position review as well. And we've got the scores and much, much more. Hour number two, Cleveland Browns Daily, the Hoff Edition, coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Joe T, congratulations on making the Hall of Fame, my friend. This is well-deserved. It's been an honor and a privilege to have shared the locker room with you. I had a bird's-eye view of what it was to see a Hall of Famer bring a Hall of Fame attitude and commitment to his profession. And I know you don't take this lightly, 
And I also want to say congratulations to your family because without that Hall of Fame support at home, there is no Hall of Fame career. We all know the truth behind that. But uh, again, I want to say congratulations to you and your family. This is well-deserved, my friend. Can't wait to see you in Canton with that gold jacket. Peace. All right, that was Dequell Jackson, Browns linebacker, talking about the great Hoff, Joe Thomas. When you're on the injured list, we can help get you back in the game. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk Proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. And to the hotline we go as we welcome in the voice of the York Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, who joins the program via the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. And Jim... What a night. What an honor for Joe Thomas. What kind of were you feeling? What were you thinking going into last night and then and then seeing the announcement that it was official he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Uh, Nathan, it was great. I think it's the greatest moment since the Browns have come back in 1999. Yeah. I really do. I, I don't think it's uh, I, I don't think anything else can really even come close to it uh, for various reasons. But because of the greatness and the scope of what he's done and where he's going and how much he deserves it and how he watched it. And, uh, and we watched it while he played, and we've uh, gotten to know him even better when he you know, gave up playing and has still been around and been a big part of the family. Uh, it, was just, it was just great to see him walk through that tunnel and come out on stage uh, was just beautiful. And what he said in the press conference after uh, the event, after the NFL Honors Program, when he was with all of the other members of the class going into Canton this year, uh, was even better because, uh, you know, he points out what was so important, and that was he played for the fans here in Cleveland uh, to the point where he refused to be traded and wanted to stay and finish out his career here. And it was tough, you know, record-wise to stay here. I mean, there were a yeah. lot of reasons to accept a trade, but uh, – I, you know, it's just I was just smiling ear to ear because I'm so happy. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, and I got a chance to talk with him this morning, and and you mentioned it's just as we've gotten to know him better off the field. It's rare that you find somebody that is that good at what they do in their profession, but is also just that good of a guy. And I think that's what really makes him so special. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, he's just uh, so down to earth and 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 yeah. so. You know, just he's got his feet on the ground. And, you know, as Doug Deacon used to always say to me, uh, Joe had the perfect feet for an offensive lineman. Yep. That was one of the reasons why he was so great. But, I mean, just in the way he carries himself and uh, the way he is with his family and how dedicated he is to his family. But uh, the boot that he gets out of coming back and remaining such a big part of the Browns uh, at the start of the season when he went into the Legends Club – uh, and I know that that was a that was a really emotional moment for him. And I'm saying to myself, well, this is great. But imagine what's down the road in a couple of months when, you know, as we all anticipated and hoped for, that he would gain entrance into the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, when he's amongst the fans, when he's brought out and like one of those game sure. day captains as a member of the alumni, I mean, he is really into it and he connects yeah. with them. And, and that's what it is. I mean, he just had an instant connection with everybody from the day he was drafted and from what he did on draft day. I mean, it was so unique, but it was so Joe. That's right. He went fishing is what Jim is alluding <laughs> to there. And, you know, as the voice of the Browns, you call all of the great moments and all of the big plays and the big touchdowns, but that doesn't lend itself to you saying the name Joe Thomas 
in the booth, right? I mean, if you call his name, it's typically, unfortunately, a penalty <laughs> or something bad. So is that one of the weird things about, you know, your time as the voice of the Browns is that the best player that you've had the pleasure of calling games for is somebody whose name he probably never wanted you to say it. Yeah, I mean, it's like the old story about if you're, you know, you're doing a baseball game, and if you don't mention the home plate umpire, it means he had a pretty good night, you know, That's right. calling balls and strikes. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, and I can, you know, I, I really think with a guy like Joe Thomas, and, and when you draft a guy like him at that particular position, Nathan, and, and see if you agree with me, you draft him, he's the number three pick in the draft. It was a much-needed draft pick for the Browns because they had a swinging door at left tackle. And literally, yeah. I mean, they were getting quarterbacks scrambled because they just didn't have a left tackle. Uh, so now you have a guy. And so you draft him at number three, and you put him out there at left tackle, and you hope that you come back 10 years later and you say, how did we do this? And I yep. don't think it took 10 years to take a look at how we were going to do with Joe Thomas. I, think, I don't even think it took 10 games. Yeah. take a look at how we were going to be with Joe Thomas. I mean, he was that good right away. And you know what I think the best description? Uh, that he brought peace to the left side of the Browns' offensive line because it quieted down over there, and it gave the quarterbacks at least a fighting chance to stay in there and try and make plays and to try and, and stay healthy. And that's what he was. I mean, he was just amazing. But, you know, I remember a lot of times – I remember uh, maybe a year or so ago, I remember – uh, we were doing a pregame show. You were up in the radio booth with us, and uh -huh. Joe Thomas came in, and he would make an appearance. And you had a you had a question about a certain I don't know maybe a blocking scheme or something like that. This was after he had appeared oh, yeah. on the pregame show, and he was sure. walking out. And I looked over. I was getting set to put my stuff down on the table, and he was giving you like fifteen minutes drawing things out, drawing on, up, yeah, on a folder and drawing the play out for you. And I'm going, wow, this is this is really cool, but. That's the way he was. I mean, he was a technician. A, a master technician. And, yeah, he and he loves the game of football. He loves to talk ball. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because he, <laughs> he really helped me, you know, in preparation to work with you this year in terms of sure. my understanding of, of offensive line football, offensive line play, the run schemes, what a pin – it was pin pull. I remember we were talking about a pin pull that day, and he's right. diagramming it up, and he's like, it could be like this, it could be like this, and all. It just <laughs> – he's a savant with that stuff, and that's the thing that's so incredible is not only was he so physically gifted, but his approach to the game was such that, you know, he wasn't nervous. You talked about a calmness. He was calm because – and I was actually talking with Jim Schwartz about it yesterday – he said he, he was low blood pressure. He, he never was rattled, and yeah. that's because he was prepared for everything. If you have the answers to every question that could possibly be asked on a test, you're not worried about right. taking that test. And that was Joe Thomas, right? Yeah, absolutely. He really was. Um, you know, and uh, wasn't it last summer, Nathan, uh, didn't uh, Bill Callahan bring him out? Yeah. To kind of meet with the offensive line, and he went through all of the different – study traits that he had and the notebooks that he kept and the yeah. and the really Joe Thomas drills that he had devised, you know, that made him better. Because let's face it, I mean, you know, he was a different kind of left tackle. He wasn't a big, big left tackle. Right. I mean, he he wasn't one of these mammoth guys that teams are drafting right now and they put them out there on size and girth and believe that that's going to get it done. And maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. But with him, it was really so technically put together. I mean, he had it down to a science, 
Um, it's not that he, you know, he had to overcome the fact that he wasn't big. I think he was very comfortable at the way he played yes. because it just made him a different kind, a very agile left tackle. He brought beautiful movement to what he was doing. I mean, if you were an offensive line freako and you wanted to really dial in and watch a game and watch him, it was a symphony of movement. It really was. It was an art form. And you mentioned when he was here this summer, I remember at the end, he was working with Jed Wills on his kick step. And then right. the next thing you know, Joe Thomas is kick stepping, kick stepping on one leg, 30 yards backward <laughs> as fast as most people could run forwards and look like a gazelle. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Just tremendous. I mean, uh, you know, and really, I mean, Joe, I think is, uh, you know, he's becoming uh, fast becoming whatever he wants to become. But if he really wanted to really dig in to the whole media part of this and the broadcast oh, yeah. analyst and, and go on and be one, a part of a team, you know, each and every Sunday for yeah. one of the televising networks, he'd be great at it. Um, because, yes. you know, some of those guys get in there and they just kind of lean on, you know, height, weight and where you went to college. And Joe's way beyond that and would, <laughs> you know, definitely put in the, the amazing work that it takes to be really good at that. And, and there's no yeah. doubt in my mind, you know, that if he wanted to do that, he could do it. And then he would do it like he's done everything else at a very, very high level. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have him on the preseason broadcasts on television for the Cleveland Browns. And obviously, I think it's only a matter of time before a Fox or an Amazon or a CBS locks him up and he's doing that in the big time. It's really up to him, I think, when he wants to do it. Sure. I know that I'm doing the job I'm doing with you because he said, not right now for me. So, And I'm fine with that <laughs> because he is Joe Thomas. But, you know, you talked about earlier, you mentioned Deke. And, and you know, Deke was 73, left tackle. Joe Thomas, 73 left tackle. And so you got to watch his whole career next to Doug Deacon, who has an unbelievable, you know, resume in his own right, yeah. but also an unbelievable appreciation for what an offensive lineman can do. What was it like kind of, you know, getting to, to see Joe Thomas through Deke's eyes right next to you? You know, I, there, were, there were some really touching moments, Nathan. I think when Joe first came on the scene and his first year in, his first training camp, I remember him coming over to Doug and introducing himself. And Doug was, you know, really thrilled to meet him and thrilled that the Browns finally addressed that spot. And I really remember Joe kind of saying, hey, are you okay that I'm going to wear number 73? Because that was, yep. you know, that was Doug Deacon's number, uh, which I thought was really cool. The other, the other really touching moment was um, when, Doug, uh, when Doug's son Spencer uh, had their first child, uh, you know, a baby boy, and Doug was just tickle pink, and we were coming into summer training camp, and Doug wanted Spencer, which he did, to bring you know the, his new son out, and he got him a, a little 73 jersey, and uh, you know I can remember Doug taking a picture, holding on to his grandson with Joe Thomas That's on awesome. the other side, of that, and it meant a, it meant a ton to Doug. But Doug's ultimate compliment. I think about Joe Thomas really probably hit it out of the park. And I really think Tony Grossi and Mary Kay Cabot leaned on this a little bit in their presentation to the voting body. Um, yeah. And he said, Joe Thomas was a left tackle that could play in any era, any era, which is really, I think, you know, a high compliment right. because the NFL goes through different eras and different styles of play. But Joe Thomas would have been the constant. He would have been successful he would have been at the top of the class in any era in the NFL. And, and that's what Doug always thought about Joe Thomas. 
And that is certainly high praise from Deke there. You know, one of the things that I, I talk about or I've been talking about because of the ideas come up from Deion Sanders that the Hall of Fame is watered down. You know, there's the hall within he wants a hall within the hall and and i think on one level if you're a first ballot hall of famer that's a designation right but another right. way to look at it is and something i've talked about a little bit is if there were was the ultimate football game the best football game of all time 53 on 53 mm -hmm. joe thomas yeah. is in that game without question <laughs> sure no doubt about it and, yeah. and that's no, i no mean you know that. it's that's when you think about it and he, and he was telling us earlier on the show you know, Anthony Munoz basically kind of said, you know, welcome to the club and told him, you know, how much admiration he had for, for Joe. And, and, you know, that might be the – he might – Munoz might be starting on one team and Joe Thomas might be starting on the other in the <laughs> ultimate football game, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that is pretty cool, boy. Yeah, yeah. And, and what a great way to be greeted in and congratulated yeah. on getting the honor from Anthony Munoz, who uh, – you know, gosh, was the definition of left tackle. I mean, you know, when God poured the mold of a left tackle, it Man. might have been in the form and shape of Anthony Munoz. You're right. So here's the one thing that I'm taking away from, from my talk with, with the Hoff is that everybody listening, <laughs> just keep one semi-decent or nice bottle of champagne in your house because, Jim, I don't know if you heard this earlier, but – when Walter Jones came to the door and, and he had the great moment of, of Joe's son running to him saying, we did it, Dad, we made it, we made it. And yeah. he, he goes in and they wanted to celebrate and, and have a little champagne with Walter Jones. And Joe Thomas celebrated his, you know, the announcement or the finding out that he was going to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer with Walter Jones drinking Corbell in a bottle, a $9 bottle of Corbell. So he said, in the future, I think I need to have a, a nicer champagne on hand just in case something wild happens. So, well, it's a lesson for all yeah. of us out there, Jim. Yeah. I, I will tell you this, Nathan, and I hope everybody I hope everybody really makes a pilgrimage down there, uh, yeah. you know, in the, when it happens, because I think he wants to celebrate with all of you, with all of he us. He does. I mean, with all of us. I mean, he really wants that. I know that, uh, you know, Really, the first aside from family and and the beautiful Annie and the family and his mom and dad and all that. I mean, the, yeah. the bronze fans were right there on his on his pecking list to make sure that he congratulated them and thanked them a great deal. So, you know, I remember when Ozzy went in in 1999, Nathan, when the Browns came back and their first game was the Hall of Fame game against Dallas, and that was uh -huh. when Ozzy was inducted in. There was a little bit of an awkward feeling, as great as the Wizard of sure. Oz was, and it was all because of the Baltimore thing. You know? yep. I mean, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, and is Art Modell going to be there? And it kind of threw a bit of a shadow over it, which is a shame because Ozzy was a great, great Cleveland Brown. Yes. Now, we can totally wipe this slate clean That's on right. that. We're, we're, we're past all of that. And I think everybody should make sure that they carve out that weekend and, and make sure they get down there to Ken because that is going to be, you know, our first real big celebration as a, as a big Cleveland Browns fan. You're exactly right, and I get chills hearing you say that. This is the greatest accomplishment, as you said, of the Browns since they've come back. You know, it really Absolutely. is. Yeah. Joe Thomas going to the Hall of Fame, and you are exactly right. He is the kind of guy that would like nothing more than to be tipping back a few beers with <laughs> Browns fans celebrating the fact that he is in the Hall of Fame. And so I think that certainly is in play. If you had to make your way out to Canton, I think that it will be obviously very special. What we do not want, we do not want the – 
the iconic Jim Donovan call. The only thing missing is all of you to apply to this Hall of Fame ceremony and can all get there. Get your butts there, Jim, right? That's right. That's right. The only thing we, we're not missing is the fact that all of you are there. That's, that's yes. the new line on that one. So that's be there. the new one. Be there or be very square. That's right. Or get on out. That's right. Jim, thanks for the time, as always. Always a pleasure talking with you, and uh, thanks for sharing some great Joe Thomas memories there for, for all the people listening. You got it. A great day, Nathan. Have a great weekend. Right. You too, as well. All right, when we come back, Anthony Poizel in studio. What are we going to talk about? Well, the specialists a little bit, some Joe Thomas probably a little bit as well. That's coming up when Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet Returns. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Joe, congratulations on your selection into the Hall of Fame. I don't think it was ever in doubt because ever since you came into the league, you took one of the toughest jobs that uh, you have on the football field and made it look easy. And I always appreciate you know, what a great hard worker you are and the technician that you were and the tough football player that you were. And I think, you know, over the course of your career, you probably didn't get as many wins as you wanted. But what you did was you showed that you were the best of the best. Ah, the legendary Doug Deacon with some great words for the Hoff Joe Thomas there. All right, we're going to talk special teams. We've got staff writer Anthony Poizel here, but let's get some of the highlights. And there were many. I mean, special teams gave us some of the biggest plays of the year. 58-yard walk-off field goals. Donovan Peoples-Jones, one of, I think there were three punt return touchdowns in the league this year. Maybe yeah. three at the end of the season. So, yep. hey, we got one of those, too. Let's take a listen. Hewlett snaps. Bohork has to put it down. Snap back, ball down. He's into it. Plenty of distance. That kick is up, and it is good. He got it from 51 yards away. Good high punt again. He's going to let it go, and it hits inside the five, and it gets trapped down near the two-yard line. Beautiful job by Bohorquez to pin the man down at the one. How about Bohorquez? We have not seen directional punting like this with the Browns since I would say Britton Colquitt was here, a very accomplished veteran. That's a great ball there from Bohorquez. He's becoming a more consistent performer. Uh, you know, when we signed Corey as a free agent, that's what we expected from him. Uh, he had some good games really, but he had some games that you know he'd like to take back, we'd all like to take back. Uh, but he's really improved and he's focused. I love his mentality. I love his work ethic and he's a very talented young man. Waiting on the snap from Hewlett. Sends it back. Bahorkas quickly hangs one up in the air. It goes way over to the far sideline. And it hit at the two and went out of bounds. What a job by Corey Bahorkas. They'll mark it out at the four. Donovan Peoples-Jones back and back and catches. And he's 25. Now where's he going to go? Cuts right. Out of a tackle, out of another tackle. 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. He's down the sideline. 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. He's gone. Touchdown, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hewlett will snap it back. It is back. The Horkus puts it down. York into it. End over end. That kick is up. And the kick is gone. He got it. What I've seen in practice and since we've drafted him, um, I've got a lot of confidence in his leg. You know, 68 is quite a stretch, but, you know, he's got a tremendous leg and he's got a lot of confidence in that leg. It's a 58-yard field goal attempt by the rookie from LSU, Cade York, trying to win the game for the Browns. 13 seconds remaining. He lines it up. Bohorquez 
with his knee on the ground at the 48. Hewlett over the ball. Snap back. He's into it. Line drive. End over end. The kick is up and it is. It is gone. Can you get the field goal from 58 yards out with eight seconds left to go? It really felt like it was going to be a magical season after that, I'll be it honest did. with yep. you. Unfortunately, that was not the way that it went. And and AP, talk about the specialist really quickly here. You got Corey Bohorquez, who I thought was tremendous this mm-hmm. season for the Browns. Seventh in total average. Great directional punting. Actually played a big role in some of our wins. He's under contract. Charlie Hewlett. The battery's back. Katie yep. York will be back. Yep. Everybody knows he's got to be more consistent. 75% on field goals. It's got to be better. And, and, and it, it will be, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that's the big thing that you're looking at next year when, you, when you're taking a look at what where can this group change? What can be better? It's, it's all about just Cade finding a little bit more consistency, right? And uh, improving from that 75%. And really, you know, you're looking at the second half of the year when the weather got colder, the kicking conditions got harder. That's where we all knew it. Get, it's that second half of the year where it gets extremely difficult to kick in Cleveland. And um, I, I think, you know, the thing with Cade, he talked about it himself, is is he just, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a, uh, not a confidence thing, but just a, a, still a mental thing and, and getting used to kicking in, in those kind of conditions uh, just about every Sunday when you get to the second half of the season. He didn't have that in LSU, and uh, right. there was definitely a, an adjustment to be made for that this year, and that's the thing that he said he's focusing on the most this offseason. It's not anything technique. It's about just staying mentally sharp and staying locked in. Um, now it, it, we'll see what that means next year for him. Yeah, and I would expect him to get better. Bajorquez was excellent. I thought our our coverage teams, especially as the season went on, were excellent. BPJ had the big punt return touchdown. Mm -hmm. You were supposed to have Jakeem Grant, who's a pro bowler, all pro. You never had him, and that's going to be the big change. Can he come back and be the guy that he was before? Yeah, absolutely. It was very uh, unfortunate that that injury happened in training camp. I I was very excited to see what Jakeem did after he was a pro bowler in 2021, and he came out in training camp, had a great start, looked like at least uh, offensively he was going to play a pretty big role uh, in in the receiving room there. Um, but, yeah, you definitely you know hope that he's able to be back at the same level he was when he does come back this year. And, um, you know, I, I will give credit to, to Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jerome Ford, particularly also in the second half of the year, doing, you know, a, a pretty decent job. The touchdown was was, was obviously the highlight for, for punt returns. And, and then Jerome also broke off a couple of yeah, few big, big returns as well and really seemed to find his stride. And, wouldn't be surprising if 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 uh, you know Jerome is also able to still get kick returns last or next year I should say, um, but you want to see Jakeem back there if he's if he's able to to be what he was before the injury he's he's so explosive it was one of the top returns in the game and it would be a huge boost if he's able to come back and be what he was before. No, you're exactly right about that, and and I think our return game was much better than anybody would have expected once we lost Jakeem Grant. Certainly the best it's been uh, in, in many years here for the Cleveland Browns. All right, yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to the story of the day. Let's talk about the Hoff a little bit. I know you're excited to do that. Yeah. You've got a chance to talk with them and interview them for all of these pieces that have gone out. Mm-hmm. You know, for you, you know, what's kind of your memory of the Hoff? Do you have much of a memory of him as a player, oh, yeah. or is it more post? Yeah, so it's actually interesting. Um, you know, as you guys know, I, I grew up in Baltimore. Uh, I did attend Ravens games. Um, I was at That's where you grew up. I was at the Ravens game where uh, the, the Ravens Browns game where Joe Thomas uh, got to ten thousand consecutive snaps, and I can't remember before the game. This was obviously I think what twenty seventeen or yeah twenty seventeen and several years ago. I couldn't remember if I knew that before, but I just remember being there and and looking up at the scoreboard and because they they flashed something on mm-hmm. the scoreboard for him and and I was just like ten thousand like that's 
I think that was when it first realized me, uh, you know, like just how, how crazy that is. And I was like, it was I like double saw, the next closest. Streak. Yeah. And there was no like it wasn't like they stopped the game or anything. Right. It was just and it wasn't like the stadium. There wasn't even I don't even know if there was a round of applause or anything. But it was just like I remember seeing it on the scoreboard and just going like that. I, like I just watched like football history here. And, yeah. you know, and like I was able to appreciate in that moment uh, what what that meant and what that was like. And then, of course, just watching the Browns for all, you know, all the years and whenever they were playing the Ravens or whenever they were on TV. Frustrate your boy T sizzle. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and, but you know, Joe was always that guy, that guy there who um, was there taking every snap was there, as you just said, you know, frustrating Terrell Suggs. And, um, and then I remember, you know, just Joel telling a story of how uh, Joel Batonio and I talked with him telling a story of how, um, you know, Joe, Joe told Joel that one of the you know Ravens players, Pernell McPhee, always had uh, like one of his his move or his third down move or whatever was always going to like his left side and and just hearing that and going like yeah you know I, I can't remember Pernell McPhee ever playing a very good game against the Browns and that was probably why you know um, so that that that's where the basis of my my Joe Thomas memories lie but then of course just just meeting him for the first time here it was you know when he was here last training camp and as I was just telling you you know he's such a such a well spoken guy it's so easy to <laughs> To just feel like he is, uh, he's a friend of you. This uh, is you great, know? and 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 just just a, an incredible human being. So easy to have a conversation with, and as you're just talking about with Jimmy, it's going to be really fun when we get closer to Canton and he's in town. And uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to want to look to celebrate with the fans. And and there's going to be so many people during those few days that are going to be able to see the Joe Thomas that so many people here saw, which isn't just the one that you, you always saw on the field. It was it was the human being side of Joe Thomas, yeah. which is. Uh, I mean, he's just an incredible, easy, easy to speak with, easy to, to, to like your person, you know? Yeah. Were these some of the easiest stories for you to, that you've had to write just because oh. it's like everybody's rowing in the same direction? Absolutely. And, and it just, I mean, it also <laughs> really, it helps that Joe is just so well-spoken. He's such an easy quote. You can ask him, I mean, you can't ask him a bad question. Like right. he's, he, he makes your, it makes every question. Yeah. Better. Like, like the, he last night, I think for his, uh, his hall of fame press conference, he, he took, I think it was like, there was one question that got to him, but he gave it this like two and a half minute response. That was just perfectly well said. I mean, that's what makes it easy to easy to write is when you can get somebody like that who's who's talking but but it's just you can go on and on about um how special he was of, of the streak and 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 the pro bowls and uh, you know the fact that he just put his head down and worked every single day no matter who was quarterback no matter what other things were happening with the team most of them obviously weren't weren't great things but sure um but he just kept working at it, and and those are the kind of stories. Whether it's Joe, other people, there's really only there's one Joe Thomas. There's like that, and yeah. and and uh, that's what made him an Iron Man. And and to your point, yes, it does make for a very easy story to write. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Ten thousand three hundred and sixty-three consecutive snaps. We saw Bob Wiley, our former offensive line coach, say that unless like Superman comes back from Krypton or wherever he is, yeah, that's what he said. Well, it was a little bit <laughs> yeah. of other language yeah. in the quote there. Yes, yeah. well, we're cleaning it up for the radio here that you know nobody's Absolutely. ever going to do that again, and it's just. I even think with as the game has evolved, I think it would be hard to he's played with some serious injuries like and played through them and, and nobody ever knew. Yeah. And, and I don't know that you could do that today. Right. And that's the thing that I think to, to your point there, like that I'm I'm really looking for. Like we have eight months here to continue digging into some of the untold stories of Joe Thomas, right? Yeah. And playing through the injuries is, is, is going to be, I think, one of those stories. I, 
I mean, I, th as the, the research that I've done and everything over the last several months and really since I've gotten here about Joe is, is there's not a whole lot told about like the grind of, of playing through the injuries and what it's like to um, endure some of the, some of the pain that he did to keep that streak alive. And that really, it wasn't even about the streak in the middle of it, right? It was just about being there for the team. So, um, and there's so many, I'm sure over the next few months, there's going to be so many other stories about Joe Thomas that we learn about that we just don't know yet. I mean, yeah, I, the, I think you're right. Like we know about the fishing story. We know about, uh, you know, the, the time when he almost got taken out of the game cause they were winning. Like those are the story, Joe Thomas stories that you never forget, but I think we're going to see even more of those. Um, I would love to, you know, I'm trying to find them right now, yeah. uh, but we're going to see even more of those over the next eight months. Cause, and it helps that, that Joe is, has a great memory is great at, uh, you know, great. Oh, yeah. He's a great storyteller. He is. And, and I think, I think it's going to be a real treat over these next few months to find out even more, um, what, what his career was like and some of the, some of the fun stories he has. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we will hear more and more things of kind of the amazing, the amazing Joe Thomas. I mean, that's what he is. Absolutely amazing player, amazing guy. And he has a streak that is likely to stand the test of time. And, and because of Joe, he's, he's going to, give a great gift to all of his uh, fellow or current Browns who look up to him like Joel Batonio that he played with mm -hmm. of an extra week of training camp, which and an extra preseason <laughs> game, which I'm sure they're all thrilled I'm about. I'm very just about that. Yes. Yeah. That's uh that's something that's been on our radar now for ever since really we knew that this was going to be yeah. his, his, his enshrinement year. So yeah. Uh, four preseason games, most likely and uh, an extra week of training camp and, um, we'll, we'll get the fun started sooner, but it's going to start obviously with a, with a, with a massive celebration and, um, you know, it's going to be a ton of fun in Canton. I, I, like, I just keep thinking after you were talking with Jimmy, I really hope that there's a moment where, or multiple moments where it's, it's, it's just Joe and, and, and the entire Browns family that includes really the, the fans family, in the fans. Yes. And, um, you know, just all the, 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 the stories that can come out of that. And, and that's just something that not every franchise gets gets to experience with with any of their players or not not every fan base gets to experience with 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 their players and i think i think that's that's going to be just an unforgettable insane uh, something that's never ha before happened in browns history i think i think you are so right and i think it has a chance to be so cool like so, i just think it has a chance to be so cool because he is ultimately a man of the people yeah, like he wants to be with Browns fans, and I think this has a chance to be just an incredibly awesome, fun Browns celebration. Absolutely. And unfortunately, since they've come back, we haven't had much celebrate. This is, you know, Jim Donovan said he thinks this is the biggest moment since the Browns have come back. Absolutely. I mean, there's the there was the playoff moment in 2020, but this sure. I think even, even that was still, COVID. Right. Exactly. This like. The fans weren't, couldn't get all together for that. This nobody was there. Absolutely, can't. I was one of yeah. two thousand people there. Yeah, everybody. That. Everybody's going to be here for this, and, and it's right down the road in Canton. It's it. You, it couldn't be a, a better way to to all get together as a fan base and celebrate uh, an all time pro football legend. Yes. All right. Before I let you get out of here, Boisel, I need to know your give me your Super Bowl prediction. What do you think? I I really like the Eagles because I just think uh, I I think you go from position to position and you're just they're like loaded. they're like you know you like to say that oh every team has holes i really don't know if the eagles have any holes on their roster uh and you look at what the the, the chiefs have now you know i mean pat mahomes is obviously going to put up a, a, a massive battle but he's dealing with an injury you got um it's it's a wide receiver room that hasn't had tyree kill now granted they've still been really good um but you look at the eagles and the way that darius slay has been playing and, and their whole defense and it's like i just i really think I really think the Eagles are going to be able to to, to to win this game, and 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 that's because they have 
so so many talented players at really every single position. So I have yet to have anybody on this show pick the Chiefs. Really? Which is yeah, I mean, stunning. It, it, I don't and know, it was the yeah. same way in the AFC Championship. I was the only one who picked the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I feel like the Eagles are a better team. We went through the the they ranked like the starters mm-hmm. on one to you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So one to what forty four yeah. eleven 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 eleven. Yeah. The Chiefs had one, two, and three were Mahomes, Kelsey, and uh, Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. And then from numbers f- number four to seventeen, it's, I think uh, there was like Creed Humphrey, right, and Joe Tooney, which we thought was, but that was it. Those right. were the only other two. Everything yeah. else was Eagles. Eagles have a better roster. The Eagles have not, and I think the notion they haven't been tested is nonsense, but no, we yeah. haven't seen them have to play from behind in a big game or anything True. like that. Yeah. And Mahomes They've is also done. It's just crazy to me, a guy that's been to three out of the last five Super Bowls, five straight FC champions. is like they're an afterthought in this game, it feels like. They are, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll go kind of counter to my point here is that the Eagles are like also, do that. they've also never faced uh, a, a tandem like a Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Right? No. And that's the thing that I think it gives would give the Chiefs the best chance is if, is if you know, Andy Reid is able to find ways to keep Travis Kelsey, keep keep him getting open, uh, then it's going to be a close game. And if I, if the Chiefs do find a way to win, it's going to be an awesome game. I think it, it, I mean, I, that to me, I think that means it's a shootout. It's Kelsey scoring at least two touchdowns. Like, Jalen Hurts is battling. Maybe they're playing from behind, and that's what keeps it a good game. Um, I think, I, I mean, every Super Bowl obviously has the chance to be a really, really good game. If the Chiefs are going to win this one, that's that's that's. What I think it's going to be an all-timer. So I think it's going to be fun. I, yeah. I can't wait for the game. AP, thanks for the time, as always. As good always. stuff, brother. Yep. All right, when we come back, are we? Do we? Is it? Am I solo, or we have? We don't know. It's a mystery. We'll find out if we're doing the score. You want to hang out for the scores in case there's no bow? I mean, you kind of gave it away there, but what's the segment? It, it'll, be, it'll be the scores and over unders, but we don't have over unders without Bo either. <laughs> Bo's at Disney World, and he should not call in. In fact, I'm going to be if he does call him, say go back to Disney World, have fun <laughs> with your family. All right, when we come back, we'll be wrapping it up here. Cleveland Browns daily, the final football Friday of the year, the final score prediction of the year. Eight months until the next one. That's oh, crazy. gross! That's nuts. Don't even say that out loud. It's awful. Nobody likes that. It's awful. <laughs> more football. That's what we want. I guess the Rock will say the XFL. All right, here. I'll get one more question with you since we're yeah. a little time. So I was asked on our mailbag um, who the who should induct the Hoff into the Hall of Fame. You know, Connor and I were just talking about that before okay. I came in All here. Right, good. So and it's back. like you're looking at, you know, it's not like it's going to be a coach. Uh, Players-wise, he, he mentioned Alex Mack as, you know, that's one of his, his all-time best friends. And sure. Um, obviously one of the greatest players that he was able to play next to. Um, so I would say if it's going to be a player, it's Alex Mack, but, but why not also, you know, see if, uh, if his dad, Eric would be up for it. Um, okay. you start your, you start your career with him on a boat fishing, right. Yeah. And then, and then you're able to, to end it in. I think that would be a really fitting way if, if, if he, if he's up for it, if, if Joe's dad is up for it, that's cool. I like um, that. That's and you can good. come out in like a fishing vest and a fishing rod and, Set it down and then you yeah. know take the speech out and uh, and and then fire away um, and introduce Joe. I think that would be a, a really fitting way to 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 get Joe into Canton. Just because it's not like he, there's any. Um, I mean, there was just so much change over the years when he was here, and uh, you know, then you kind of turn to family. And and if you're if Joe's going to pick a family member, it seems like his dad would be the most fitting. That's that's where he started like his career, that. and that's where he can 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 end it on the on, on the so doorstep w- of Canton. I went a little more crazy. Okay. 
This is his Twitter <laughs> header. That's his Twitter <laughs> header. <laughs> that would be something. Is, Did the, you, is the Rock. That's like yeah. on his Twitter profile. That is that, his header, is the Rock. I mean, that would be – they definitely uh, – you know, can can lift a similar amount. Uh, I'm sure of that. Yeah. So, um, no, and and that's how you know it would be a great speech too. You know, the Rock wouldn't need a, a piece of paper or anything in front of him when he's reading that out. And uh, no, that 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 would be one heck of a moment. I don't know if have they done anything else together aside from when they were on the show then or no, they stay in touch. And yeah. he he sent the half that picture of him looking at him admiringly with a very nice autographed picture and inscription and all that. And yeah. is basically he has a lot of respect for him. So I think he'd be. You know, somebody's got a lot of respect for the hop. Yeah, it'd be great. Absolutely. Is there anybody right. else you? I mean, what? Like, if that was it. That was that the was last it. one. That's that your was pick. I, that was my pick. <laughs> with the rock. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm I gonna like go the with dad. I think that's yeah. a good one. I think. It's, I think. I think it should be a dad. All right. So. Good. AP. Great stuff. All right. Well, when we Always come back, Bo it. will join us for the scores. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Congrats, Joe, on your induction to the Hall of Fame. No one deserves it more. Your professionalism, your hard work, your talent all showed every single time you stepped on the field. It was truly an honor to play next to you for those four years. I learned so much and got to play next to a Hall of Famer. Pretty dang special, man. I'm so happy for you and your family. Enjoy this moment. Congrats. All right, that was Joel Batonio, who likely will join Joe Thomas in Canton if he continues to play at the level he has been the last, really, for his entire career here with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, what a treat from the Magic Kingdom. Well, actually, he's at Epcot today. The great Bo Bishop joining <laughs> us on the hotline. What's up, brother? Dude, how's it going down there? Give everybody a lay of the oh, land. Dude. I know you're out there limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, VIPing. <laughs> how's it going? I do feel like the Ric Flair of Disney World Parks. I mean, you are. So You're the Ashley Schaefer of Disney room. World for sure. I think that's probably more accurate. That, there's no question. I'll sling you a BMW anytime you want. Yeah, it's uh, yes. it's, it's crazy, dude. The humanity. We talked about I said outrageous. last night. It's actually like three things. I think humanity's unbelievable. It's stunning. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. The Bootsy's thriving. He, I'll Has send you a be. picture. He's riding around on a with a Pluto hat. Um, God, love and, it. And just it's just having his best time ever. Um, it's kind of good. It's really been pretty remarkable. I was skeptical, as you can remember. It's, um, but it's magical. It's a pretty stunning thing. Yeah, it really is. Like it is no stone unturned. Yeah, it's yeah, been really no. cool, man. I got to tell you, um, the I was able to catch a little of your uh, your interview with Hoff, brother. That was pretty special. And um, I know you were emotional. I can't even imagine what the last forty eight hours has been like for him. But um, yeah. even I, I did find myself last night. I mean, I don't know him as well as you do, but we've gotten to know him really well here on the show. And yeah. Um, he's become a true friend and to like yeah. have somebody accomplish that, that, you know, it was humbling and emotional and, and all of those things. And as you and I know, like better dude than a football yes. player, which is a stunning thing to wrap your head around. He's one of the best to ever do it. So that's, that, that was, that was a really, it's been a really cool, uh, last 24 hours to say the least. Good job. Yeah, you, though, it, by the way, it has great. been. Thanks man. And yeah. And obviously you even got a shout out in the interview. I don't know if, did you hear that part? He was, he was I like, I was going to do little... like Bo Bishop and have a bourbon, he said. And then Annie like yelled at him to get back in the kitchen. So uh, you made it you made it into the interview anyway, oh, which of course, nice. yeah, because that's yeah, good. such a great guy. And it really was so cool and and everything that he's accomplished. And, and it's just he's so deserving. And I'll tell you what, brother, this it, Canton is going to be it's going to be out of control. Oh, it's my gonna God. Be, it's going to be insane. Get ready. Clear the calendars. We're not available. We're going to be in yep. Canton having the time of our lives with the Hoff. 
Well, I tell you what, I think I don't know. Maybe we need a, we need an official RV of Cleveland Browns Daily. It's probably necessary. Yes. We're going to need yes. some sort of a camping, uh, some sort of a, a place to park it. Um, yes. Yeah, we're going to take over, man. It's going to be a yeah. crazy time, and um, it just couldn't happen to a better dude. Better dude. It was weird though. It's like until you hear it officially, you're nervous, right? Even though you know, like we've been calling yeah. him the Hoff since 2018. I know. So it's like I know. We even had somebody, somebody who was at one point a luminary saying, "Why do you call you can't him that?" Do that. Said, well, because he's a. Wish you can't do that. Watch us. He's a first ballot. Yeah. Like watch him <laughs> watch walk us. in. That's right. We never stopped. Like, we never stopped. That was one of those. No. That was one of those stop signs. We're like, wrong. We're Full going through. through anyway. Yeah. You have See, this wrong right now. I believe you have this wrong. Yeah, I'd like an apology from from that former luminary. <laughs> it's if, I, if I could get one, yeah, I I'd agree. like I'd like apology. All right, real quick. I need rankings first. Rides that you've been on. What's killing it right now? What's everybody loving? Guardians is unbelievable. So that that's probably as fun of a of a roller coaster as as we've had. I, I would say that okay. was number one. Um, we Avatar was the most stunning. It's accomplishment. crazy. Yeah. Defies yeah. logic. I just don't yep. know how they pulled it off. Um, that was unbelievable. We did the Everest. I um, oh, love it. We've ridden everything. I mean, we're doing Hollywood Studios tomorrow. Oh, see, Star Animal Wars Kingdom Land is going to be. Did, yep. We got that. We got the Rise, the Adventure Resistance thing at 530. So oh, man. Building lightsabers. So we got all that to look forward to. Dude. But I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Avatar would be 1 and 1A one for me until we get to all tomorrow. Right. All right, we got one minute here, so give us the final score yep. of the year. It's sad. You're welcome, everybody, for the college funds that you've built. <laughs> final score of the year, Chiefs plus one and a half against the Eagles. Yeah, I, I mean, I started this year picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, not stopping now. Um, you could convince me either way. I'm sure you feel similarly. I got Kansas City winning 37-34. Brother, you are the first person that we've talked to on this program that has picked the Chiefs. I'm joining you. Last week I was – or two weeks ago I was the only one on them against Cincy. I'm, the, I'm with you as yeah. well. Mahomes gets his second Super Bowl. It's a big one. Thank you for calling in. Go enjoy the Magic Kingdom pleasure, and the brother. family, dude. Love you, brother. All right, brother. Take care. Love you too. See you. All right. The great Bo Bishop there. Connor, great job running the show today. Can't thank the Hoff enough. Can't thank Jim Donovan enough. Can't thank Bo Bishop enough. AP for joining in here. This was a fun one. This is a special show. This is a show that I will never forget. And uh, I appreciate all of you who tuned in and who were a part of it. And uh, so thank you very much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the final football game of the year. I'm with Bo. Chiefs get it done. And we'll be back on Monday as we officially start the 2023 season. The next level is next. Thanks for listening to a Joe Thomas is a Hall of Famer edition of Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.